Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Have You Seen That With T. It is your boy T. We are here for episode 27 of Have You Seen That With T. And this week, uh, trying to make up for a little lost time, but of course you can never make up for lost time, so we're just going to get right into the reviews. So... Uh, I've watched a lot of series these last couple of weeks. I've caught up on a lot of the CW series, The Flash, Superman and Lois. Um, I've caught up on The Boys, Miss Marvel. It's been a great slate of series. I've also watched a few movies. And the first movie I want to review is the Liam Neeson movie, Memory. I wanted to see this movie for some reason. I have no idea really why. And I finally got a chance to check it out. I watched Memory uh, last week. um, And it's time to hang it up, Liam. Uh, This movie kind of like pretty much sums up, uh, you know, how it should be in the twilight of your career don't get me wrong you have given us some amazing memories and the fact that you've done it for as long as you've done it uh, is truly a testament to you as an actor um you know it all it all started with the taken franchise and then he just went you know uh, and just you know made himself a bona fide action star probably in in his 60s uh going into his 70s or whatever the case may be um but the movie memory now if my memory serves me correctly uh you know it's about a guy who's going through early onsets alzheimer's but he's a hitman uh and you know he's sent to kill this young woman who is part of a, a, a sex trafficking ring uh which like it all just is so outlandish the entire premise of this movie Yet here we are talking about it in the set in El Paso, which I thought was funny. And they definitely did not, at least I don't recognize any of the stuff they shot in saying it was El Paso. Uh, But anyways, you know, Liam Neeson plays this hitman. He's going through early onset Alzheimer. He's writing stuff on his arm so he can remember it. And it's like none of that makes any sense. And he takes on this syndicate. Uh, you know, who, who, you know, who is, whose head is like the head of like this real estate conglomerate. Uh, and she is in charge. And of course it's a, she that only makes sense. Right. Uh, you know, in charge of this sex trafficking ring, uh, and like the father is, is, you know, uh, pretty much pimping out his daughter like it was just it's so it's such an outlandish movie like it starts with uh the undercover fbi agent going to meet with this like 13 or 14 year old girl and the father's like her handler her groom like it's like legit her dad like and it's like is this for real like is this really happening right now in this movie and maybe that does happen i'm not exactly sure but geez, you know, jeez, uh, that's that's all I'll say about that. And it just gets crazier from there. Liam Neeson is handing these young virile men 
their asses because he was trained and like uh, he's sneaking in out of the <laughs> he's sneaking in and out of these places and like there's nothing stealthy about what he's doing he's like just you know it's easier if you just walk around being an unassuming old guy and nobody pays attention to you because you're this unassuming old guy but no he's like stealthily moving around and nothing about his movement screams stealth it's like everything about everything he does screams, look at me. I'm this old guy trying to act like I'm moving around, you know, uh, smoothly and coolly. And it just doesn't work. Uh, and the movie was just not good. And the more I watched it, the more I realized this is an ode to Liam Neeson. It's, it, this should be the movie. After he finishes it and then he watches it back, says, you know what? I probably should give this up, guys. I probably should just let this all go because I've had a good run. And it's time for the younger guys to take over because this was clearly not it. You know, if you play somebody dad in a movie or something, you know, who might have a move or two, that's cool. But like, uh, nah, the days of him being like a leading action star are probably should be limited at best. So, you know, that was the movie Memory. Not such a great run, not such a great ride, but I mean, yeah, I didn't pay for it. Next movie uh, that I didn't pay for either, uh, I watched uh, streaming, was The Watcher. Um, or Watcher might not be a the in there Watcher so I kept seeing this as I'm scrolling through you know Apple movies things of that nature and, and like you see this attractive woman uh, and then I read the synopsis of the movie it's like a guy who lives across from her is watching her through the window um, and he might be a serial killer and I'm like all right I'll bite. Let's go. Let's get into Watcher, right? Uh, and I started watching this movie, right? And I had a lot of different feelings as I watched this movie because, you know, I've spent a lot of time. Um, I've seen a lot of, of things uh, like the term gaslit, right? Gaslighting, as they say, um, like. I don't really know what that means, honestly. I don't know what gaslighting means. I like in my understanding of it, it's like kind of like somebody tries to um, say, for instance, you know, you somebody's bullying you, and then instead of you know the bullying owning up to being a bully, they kind of make it seem as though you're over exaggerating your story, and that's exactly what this movie was. Um, so the movie is set in Romania, right? And if you've ever lived in any European country, Eastern European country, you kind of know like they just view things differently. I remember being a, a sexual assault, um, sexual harassment response uh, person in Germany and learning about the German laws about, say, for instance, sexual assault. Right. So in uh and this might not be a law, but this is kind of what they were teaching us. Like, hey, you know, if a woman called the police and saying she was sexually assaulted and she wasn't like physically assaulted or like physically bruised, 
and, and like damage and I could be completely wrong but this is truly what I remember from the class it was like they're not going to take her seriously like their idea of rape or sexual assault like the to traditional what you saw in the movies like a stranger in the alley with a mask on beating you up and stuff like that and a lot of the the culture over there I felt was the same way right so if you're not if you if something happens to you and there's like no distinguishing like it's kind of like your word against theirs they're not going to take your word especially being a woman right they're just not going to take your word it's kind of a man's world type thing and that's this movie kind of just accentuated that to a max it was like it's taking that concept and slapping you in the face with it right so the uh premise of the watcher right you have this young uh, married couple the guy is half romanian or he might be all romanian but they meet in america he gets a promotion and he moves he's an advertising agent and he moves to he moves him and his wife to romania she doesn't speak the language which kind of plays a big part into you know the movie where a lot of people are talking to the guy in in the native language and she doesn't understand it and they're talking about her and you can tell they're talking about her like you I've been in enough countries to know when somebody's talking about me even if I don't speak the language they don't have to look at me they don't have to point at me but you can like you can feel it I can put together certain words I can put together certain phrases and I can just tell about body language right so you you just saw that throughout the movie and the guy is an advertising executive and he's always at work. I mean, like the entire movie, he's always gone. He would show up and she would tell him, hey, you know, this guy across the street is looking in our window. And the first thing he says is close the curtains. Makes sense, right? That sounds like something a, a responsible person would say, like, hey, close the curtains. Like, I, I don't like my blinds being up, even though there's nobody who lives behind my house. But I don't like I'm just paranoid like that. I grew up in New York City, man. You just keep everything closed because you never know who's looking in your window. Uh, so the entire movie, like he's kind of di diminishing what she's saying and at first, I was like, yo, what kind of husband is this guy? Like, what kind of husband uh, is just not, is just going to, like, if he comes home and his wife says, hey, this guy's looking in our window. At first, I'm going to say close the window or close the curtain. I would say that, right? That makes this kind of a, a common sense type thing. Like, if you don't want somebody looking at you, close the curtain. But she keeps, like, I don't, like, she says the guy's following her and all these other things. She thinks the guy's following her and it's a husband. Like, the guy is, is, like, not believing his wife. And it's like, man, why would you not believe? Like, that's the person that just, that's, you know, that's potentially or that's supposed to be your soulmate, right? So why would you not believe her as she's saying these things? Not saying that you got to be a tough guy and go beat the other guy up but like yo you got to protect your wife that's kind of the whole uh you know uh manly uh protector provider type thing which he's trying to be like she's uh, a housewife even though they don't have any kids she's a housewife she's not working you know she's just learning language day like she's just doing rosetta stone during the day like doing nothing while he's at work and he's always gone it's just a weird it's a weird dynamic right 
and halfway through the movie, the guy just doesn't believe her, right? And then I start siding with the husband. And it's not because I don't see what's happening in the movie. The fact that she's such a terrible actress. Like the movie could have been uh, poignant. The movie could have like told a good tale. But she's such a bad actress. Like she's an attractive young woman. And they just play on that the whole time. Oh, you're an attractive young woman. Of course the men are going to look at you. Yeah, this is all true. Uh, but damn. But like, she's so bad. Like every time she's complaining, I start getting annoyed. Like, damn, like I understand why this guy doesn't want to deal with her because she's so bad when she when words come out of her mouth, which really destroys the whole movie. I won't kill the ending of the movie because if you just so happen to want to watch this movie one night, the ending of it was pretty okay, right? It was it was on the nose. And it was pretty okay, right? It made sense. It was a lot of foreshadowing. Uh, and then it hit its crescendo at the end. And the end left me somewhat satisfied. But as I rewound everything that I saw back um, in my head, I was like, man, she was so bad. I could understand why nobody took her seriously. Why no one listened to her. Because every time she spoke, you wanted to just ignore her. Like, she was such a bad actress. It was so bad. Like, it was it was such terrible acting uh, on her part. It just made me understand why. Because in my head, I'm thinking, like, if I was married to this person, I probably, and this is a terrible thing to say, but I wouldn't be married to that person to begin with. I would just, like... She was just terrible. She just sounded like she was complaining to complain, and none of her complaints like really made any sense. Uh, and you would have to watch the movie to understand what I'm talking about, but it was just bad. So that was The Watcher, and and I was really, I was kind of looking forward to it because I thought it was going to be, um, you know, I thought it was going to be one of those left field. I love those left field thrillers that just come out of nowhere and just hit you in the mouth. And this one just, no, it just wasn't it, man. And I was disappointed. Uh, which brings me to the main event, right? Uh, okay, before I get to the main event, let's talk about the boys. <laughs> so the, seri the season finale, season three, the boys uh, came and went. And oh my God, like, and I don't, I, I generally don't talk about shows, but since, you know, I'm about to talk about the state of Marvel, uh, the state, you know, the state of MCU after Thor, uh, Love and Thunder. Let's just talk about the boys, man. Let's talk about it. Uh, this season was insane. Um, so we had the Home Homelander after season two uh, had uh, seemingly uh, watched the death of um, uh, Stormfront at the end of season two and his son uh, you know, was taken away from him and they hit his son, you know, in the middle of nowhere with that old uh, FBI agent lady who I always love. And I think she's pretty badass. Uh, so we got the butcher, um, Huey, you know, M.M. Mother's Milk, which is the weirdest yet coolest name in, uh, in all of, of, of TV land. Uh, and Kamiko 
and Frenchie. They're still they're still the boys. Uh, and of course, you got um, the glowing eye girl. Why can't I think of her name right now? Uh, man, the glow the girl whose eye glows, and like I don't even know how she Starlight. There you go. Like she, I don't quite understand Starlight's powers. Like I don't, I really don't get it. She flashes light, but I guess they're energy beams. But they're like weak energy beams because she's terrified of every other superhero out there. Like I don't quite understand how she fits in all of this. Like Maeve is a boss. Like Maeve is like Wonder Woman, right? That's who she's supposed to be. I still don't know who Starlight is supposed to be. She's supposed to be Dazzler, like the the mutant Dazzler. Like just a weird power. Weird reason for her to be around, um, but you know she's supposed to be the moral compass, right? She's supposed to be the light. She's supposed to be the beacon of light, I guess, in the bo- uh, uh, for the seven. Uh, but anyways, you know, season three, we find out that Soldier Boy, aka Captain America, with laser beams coming out of his freaking chest, uh, is still alive, and what a character! Like. <laughs> What? So Stormfront was like a, a vicious Nazi, uh, you know, who was frozen in time. I don't know. I don't know where she was. Like, a, I don't know if she was hidden in a bunker somewhere. I can't really remember her origin story, where she was like the entire like 70s, 80s, 90s, uh, you know, going up to 2000. But like uh, Soldier Boy was taken by the Russians and like held in a lab somewhere it's that ended up like being empty like soldier boy was supposed to be like he he was you know um he was homelander basically who couldn't fly uh and he was a powerful powerful being he walked around you know with the uh with the shield and he did musicals and it was like what is happening right now but jensen echoes was like this (laughs) He was like the most crude, uh, definitely a sign of the times, right? It was very on the nose what they were doing. You know, he was picturesque of America, right? The American in the 50s, the American in the 40s. We thought that was the greatest generation ever. And turn, come to find out, generally 99.9% of them were all pieces of shit, racist, like foul mouth misogynistic yeah and people get so mad when you talk like that it's like oh my gosh they were the greatest generation and they were just a bunch of manly men who went to work and they you know had their lunch pail and they went and fought for this country yeah they did don't get me wrong me being a soldier i definitely respect every human being who's ever wore the uniform but everybody didn't wear the uniform there were some milkmans who were racist piece of shit they were there were a lot of just terrible people and that's what soldier boy embodied right he embodied the terribleness of the times and when transporting to now he doesn't understand it right he calls butcher of all people or he calls homelander like he calls him out in the last episode saying he's like he calls him all types of names but like it's because he's not a man to his standard right to the that old you know get off my lawn you know clint eastward standard of what a manly man is supposed to be uh which i find so humorous and i love how they did that in the 
in the in the show and just you know showing him to be not the hero that you thought he was he was a terrible human being he was a terrible guy right but he was at the time like the most heroic of all heroes um but yeah it was it was a wild series right it was a wild season i don't want to really spoil it too much but Herogasm, if you haven't seen that episode, it is perhaps one of the wildest episodes. Just the thought of Herogasm in itself, but then the execution of Herogasm on the screen was insane. Uh, the Deep was the, <laughs> the Deep had one of the weirdest character arcs of all times this season. Uh, he finally got his legs and he's finally back in the seven and he uh made his his claim you know he staked his claim in the seven this season uh in a very extremely peculiar way everybody uh in Vought, uh you know seemed to have got what was coming to them other than the one crazy lady uh who's in charge now stan edgar uh, yeah, it was an interesting season. That's what I will say. Uh, if you've not watched The Boys, please watch every episode. They're so very, so very amazing. So very on the nose. Uh, and I can't wait to see what they do with season five, season four. I'm sorry. Because uh, there's a lot of different ways they can go in the very end. Okay, I was just about to spoil something, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of different ways they can go with it. Uh, and I'm excited to see what they do next because the boys always brings it uh, and I can't wait to see season four. All right. So let's get to it. Let's get to the main event. Let's talk about Thor. Love and Thunder. So it's so weird. Uh, here we are uh, going we're into July. And I remember at the very beginning of the year when I previewed all of the movies and I was not really looking forward to this movie. Not exactly sure why I thought Thor Ragnarok was great. I thought it was a little bit overrated uh, for what it was. Uh, but Thor has had one of the most interesting character arcs of any superhero. Like the fact that they made him flawed um, and human and grieving and, and you know, stricken by uh, all of the death that he like. It, it's so it's so interesting just seeing from Thor 1, the person we met, you know, uh, in the original Thor, to Thor Ragnarok, to Infinity War and an Endgame, uh, when we see Fat Thor, which became a butt of a joke, but it was so deep, though. Like, if you just look at the character arc of Thor, and then we get to the Love and Thunder, right? So at the end of uh, Endgame, Thor flies off with um, the Guardians of the Galaxy. We got the As Guardians of the Galaxy, which is pretty cool. And it starts the movie off exactly with that, right? Thor swashbuckling with a uh, you know Peter Quill and the gang, and it's hilarious. It's so funny. Everything that he does at the beginning of the movie uh, with the Guardians of the Galaxy is hilarious. Like it's Tika Watiti. Tika Watiti is one is a brilliant mind right he understands comedy he understands the characters that he's writing and he makes Chris Hemsworth into this extremely lovable 
God of Thunder, right? He he turns him in Thor, and it's just fantastic. Uh, and then we get to Gore the God Butcher, right? So that kind of started the movie off. But Gore the God Butcher was such... Christian Bale was so boss in this movie. Christian Bale was amazing. I did not think that... Uh, that I would enjoy the character. I didn't think it was going to be a good villain. And the villains really make these movies, right? And it's not that, you know, every villain doesn't have to be Thanos. You don't have to believe in every villain's, uh, you know, plight. But you do understand it, right? I understood Gore the God Butcher, right? Me not being the most religious person in the world. I understood exactly that pain. Uh, and and it's really it's so... I keep saying this word on the nose. I keep saying the word on the nose uh, or that phrase on the nose. Uh, it really is, right? So at the beginning, you see him, uh, you know, with his daughter and they're going through a desert. And I'm just going to spoil this scene in the movie because uh, it's such a powerful scene to me. You know, they're going through the desert and his daughter dies in his arms. Uh, and then as soon as, you know, he wakes up after burying his child, uh, you know, he hears these voices and he goes into an oasis and he runs into a God who is just having the time of his life eating, you know, many fruits, probably more than he needs. And the God laughs at him because he says, you're supposed to worship me, right? You're supposed to. Uh, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to worship me. And of course, I don't care that you just lost your daughter. And Gore the God Butcher becomes the God Butcher because he, uh, the necromancer sword, chooses him. And that's how he becomes the God Butcher himself. And he's going around killing gods. And of course, Thor, being a god, um, becomes, you know, one of his targets. And the reintroduction of Jane Foster uh, is perhaps one of the greatest uh, reintroductions of a character because I hated Jane Foster in all of the Th original two Thor movies. Uh, I thought she was uh, not a great character. I loved Cat Demings a lot more than I than I loved uh, Jane Foster. Uh, she just never seemed like she wanted to be there. Like and that's that's truly just the feeling I got from every time she was on screen. She just never felt like she wanted to be there, and she said that a lot in a lot of uh, interviews. I felt like after the original Thor, she didn't want to do Thor two, uh, and and you saw it though. She just didn't seem like she wanted to be there, and that's fine. You know, it's a uh, but this movie, uh, it felt like she was invested and she wanted to be. Uh, present in this movie and and live up to the mighty Jane, you know, uh, the Dr. Jane Foster, mighty Thor uh, moniker that she took up in the movie. Uh, and, you know, I'm not really going to talk about anything else in the movie other than the fact that Korg is amazing. T Tika Watiti, uh, just a great character. Korg was, was fantastic in the movie and Valkyrie uh, for really cemented her place uh in her role in the mcu in this movie and i can't wait for thor 5 because they are doing a thor 5 there were two post-credit scenes and both kind of you know uh, it's probably where thor is going in the future won't spoil it you guys got two weeks that's my mandatory rule 
Uh, and then I will spoil Thor and talk about the future of the Thor franchise. But right now I'm going to talk about the future of the MCU as a whole. Right. So we are in the middle of phase four. And I just I just watched a video on IGN not too long ago about how confusing phase four is. And I'm not confused at all. Right. So what phase one, two and three did for the MCU was they told a coherent story. Right. Everything kind of played into the other. Uh, the post credit scenes always led to what was next. Everything like every post credit scene was either a preview of the next movie or a, a foreshadowing of the next next movie with, you know, that post credit scene with the cameo. You know, first it was Nick Fury running into Tony Stark in the bar and saying, hey, the Avengers initiative, whatever. And then it just continued on through. Right. So after the at the end of phase three um, with Endgame. It wasn't, you know, there was nothing else you can do. Uh, you know, it met its crescendo, right? And I, and I don't think we'll ever get that again. And maybe we will. Uh, there are a lot of different stories they can tell. They can make up some stuff. But Infinity War was, for what it was worth, was such a, a love letter to all of those movies that, uh, before it. But now Marvel is... It's just it's become too big for its britches. Right. Uh, so this uh, phase four, we've already gotten six films so far from it. We've gotten Black Widow. We got Shang-Chi, uh, The Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And then we've gotten Thor, Love and Thunder, right? Six movies so far in phase four. But we've also gotten WandaVision. We've gotten Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We got Loki. We got What If. We got Hawkeye. We got Moon Knight and Miss Marvel. And how do these all intertwine with each other? No one really knows, right? Because like some of the movies are really uh, connected, right? So Black Widow was, was Black Widow. That was Scarlett Johansson's chance to get her movie. Uh, she deserved the movie after Iron Man 2, but it took, you know, the end of it for her to get her movie after she had already died in Endgame. Um, uh, then we had Shang-Chi, which, uh, you know, um, I can't even think of his name, uh, from Doctor Strange. He showed up for one scene in Shang-Chi, and that was really the only tie to the rest of the MCU. Right. When he came and got him at the end of the movie, uh, you know, that was the only tie. Uh, but it didn't tie into Doctor Strange, uh, which was weird to me. But OK. And then we had the Eternals. Right. The Eternals was his own standalone movie, which I still think was like one of the mo biggest missed opportunities because it just didn't make any sense when it was made. Uh, or when it came out, it just didn't fit in anything. And it was just a standalone movie. And that's fine. You know, as a kid, I would read comic book stories and I'd be like, man, this is cool. This would be so cool if it was a movie. And here we are. We're getting standalone comic book movies. They don't have to tie into a huge franchise. And that's kind of what I'm getting to. Uh, but a lot of these movies are tying in. Right. So, uh, you know, we had that what if cartoon and the what if cartoon talked a lot about the multiverse. And then we got Spider-Man No Way Home which didn't tie in at all to the what if universe. But then we got Doc, uh, then we got Loki, which 
really foreshadowed a lot of the multiversal problems, right? But then nothing that happened in Spider-Man No Way Home really was affected from Loki and nothing that happened in Loki affected anything in Spider-Man No Way Home. And I thought in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, it was all kind of going to come together, right? I thought we would kind of get a low-key little, uh, a, a low-key cameo somewhere, maybe a foreshadowing of Kang the Conqueror, but we didn't get any of that. Uh, you know, we we just got Doctor Strange battling, you know, um, Wanda in, in kind of a standalone movie, and none of it really uh, you know, it had a th- they had a throwaway line about Spider-Man at the beginning of, uh, you know, Doctor Strange, which didn't make any sense to me. You know, that wasn't a, I feel like they could have if they weren't trying to do an interconnected story, which, of course, is going to continue with Ant-Man and Wasp and Quantumania when Kang is supposed to make his, you know, big movie debut. And he's supposed to be the big bad and he's supposed to be, you know, uh, this this badass character. Um, once again, a really big missed opportunity, uh, you know, and there's just no, there was, there's no continuity right now, which once again, you know, we're expecting too much. We're, we're, we're all expecting them to make another end game. And I don't think that's the end game right now for phase four. Uh, I really don't, you know, it, we might not see another end game level event to maybe phase six, because right now what we're doing is we're setting up the young Avengers who are going to turn into the old to into the Avengers because they're going to get old. You know, by the time phase six comes, we might be six, seven, eight years down the line, you know, where we're these kids and none of them are really kids. They might be 17, 18 years old. They're going to be in their mid 20s. They're going to be these established stars. You know, they're going to turn into Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. And you still got Doctor Strange and you still got Thor, you know, uh, and we still got Captain Marvel. Um, But anyways, uh, another another series, um, you know, Hawkeye came out and that set up uh, the Echo spinoff, which uh, I read the Daredevil and Kingpin are supposed to be in the Echo spinoff. Honestly, I, I can't really say that I was uh, too too impressed with the Echo character. I do understand representation. I really appreciate that. I, I more than anyone, uh, appreciate the representation. But if it's not a good character, it's not a good character, right? Um, if it's not, you know, I just, I don't know. Like, I didn't see Echo. Like, Echo is supposed to be the, the you know, spitting, fighting image of whoever she's fighting. And I didn't see that in the Hawkeye series. I'm more, you know, interested in Kate Bishop than I am Echo uh, spinoff. But, hey, you, if it's going to bring me Daredevil and Kingpin, uh, I'm all for it. Uh, and then we get Moon Knight, which is the worst entry of all of it to me. And I completely forgot about uh uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which didn't tie into anything else other than to bring Ju- Ju- Julia Louis Dreyfus into the fold and to start that whole Thunderbolt project with Yelena, uh, U.S. agent, and whoever else she gets, because uh, they got a lot of Thunderbolts who uh, uh, we might see the abomination in the Thunderbolts because he popped up in Shang-Chi. Uh, it makes sense. 
Um, but, you know, that's a big project down the line. I think people are looking forward to that. But uh, these movies are so far out, man. We've already got movies coming out next year. And you got to strike while the iron's hot, man. Like Captain America 4 hits next year uh, or or maybe even the year after next. But like, you know, not saying they need to have that movie already ready after the Falcon and Winter Soldier, but like after the Falcon and Winter Soldier, man, like you should have had that movie ready for next year. Uh, because now, two years from now, everybody's going to forget what happened in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Nobody's going to want to binge watch that again, you know, two years from now. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. I don't know. Uh, but I think when you put so much time in between, you know, we kind of lose interest in it. Right. So this year we also have uh, Armor Wars, which uh you know, James Rhodes is going to do his thing. And I'm going to watch all of this. I say this stuff as if I'm not going to watch it, but I know I'm going to watch all these series because I enjoy Marvel series. But I just feel like they just miss these opportunities, man. Like, you know, Rhodey had a cameo in, in, in a Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, same thing with Kang and Loki, right? You, you had one of the variants of Kang and Loki. And now you got to wait two years for Quantumania, and you kind of already forgot what Loki, uh, what Kang did in in the Loki series. You know, we forgot the long speech he gave him, even though it was a dope cameo and it was a great, like that was a great episode. But like two years from now, you're gonna forget that, and it's not gonna be the same. It's not gonna have that special impact that it had when you first saw him on the screen. Because I was ready for Ant Man right now. I thought Ant Man was coming out this year. It made sense. But it got pushed back uh, for whatever reason. Uh, then we got Moon Knight. And Moon Knight was terrible to me. I did not enjoy Moon Knight at all. Uh, and and I hear Moon Knight is supposed to, you know, make his way to Blade. Uh, same thing with the Black Knight, who was in the Eternals. Uh, you know, they're supposed to have some, some, uh, some reason to be in Blade. Uh, and I'm not really here for it. Honestly, yeah, not really here for it, but of course I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch Blade because I'm looking for Blade, looking forward to Blade. But I don't really want to see Moon Knight and Blade. I don't want to see the Black Knight and Blade. I just want to see Blade. I want to see Mahershala Ali kick some vampire ass. But there we go. I digress. We got the Marvels, and let's talk about Miss Marvel. Let's talk. Let's talk about Miss Marvel. I've read some articles about how Miss Marvel is like one of the lowest rated Marvel series. And that is tragic because this is the by far to me, the best Marvel series that they've made so far. I absolutely love Miss Marvel uh, because it is this young girl, you know, finding her way, finding her powers. With the you know with the tight knit family, a uh, uh, you know Pakistani family, and I love the culture of it. Right, I'm not Pakistani. I don't know. I honestly know nothing about the Pak- Pakistani culture, but I can tell there's so much of it in this series. It seems as though there's so much pride they're putting into being uh, from Pakistan. Talking about the the partition, uh, that migration from a uh, from um, India into Pakistan and it is so like 
it's so dope to me. And that's what I, when I talk about representation, that's dope to me. The fact that they aired the first three episodes in movie theaters in Pakistan because it was so big for them. That's like, you know, how I felt when Black Panther came out. I love that. And I think it's such a great, you know, I think it's a great show. I love the girl playing Captain uh, Miss Marvel because she brings this air of like innocence. I love the fact that they changed the powers of Miss Marvel because I always thought uh, like the whole Reed Richards stretchy, you know, turn big, like she turned the embiggen thing. I, I do love the embiggen like a uh, catchphrase. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, and I'm sad to see that go, but every other power would just not work to me. It'll look really wonky on TV. And I always thought they Americanized uh, Miss Marvel. And uh, at least, you know, in the Avengers game that I played, I don't really read Miss Marvel comics. So I don't know how uh, comically accurate, uh, you know, they portray her. And I don't know if they have Pakistani Americans or Pakistani uh, people from Pakistan writing those comics, I doubt it. Um, but I always thought they Americanized her look, even in the cartoons that I've seen her in. I always thought that they Americanized her. Uh, and I'm glad they didn't do that in the series. You know, they had someone, uh, they got a Pakistani young, uh, American young actress, uh, and she's portraying Miss Marvel, you know, of Pakistani descent. And I love that. Uh, the fact that they can do that and they just didn't make it so damn American. Like, I like that. I like everything doesn't have to be our story. Everyone gets to tell their story, whether it be a superhero story or a dramedy or a romantic comedy or all of the above, which this series to me is great series. And I'm so looking forward to the Marvels because I love Captain Marvel. I love Monica Rambeau. And I love Miss Marvel. I think they're three great characters, and I want to see how they bring those three together uh, into the movies. Uh, and I, I'm I'm excited for that. I, honestly, I'm I'm more excited for that than than I expected to be, especially after watching this series. Uh, and yeah, I'm really excited about the Captain Marvel franchise going forward. I think Miss Marvel can really you know take it to the next level once. Her powers level up a little bit because she's still learning. All right. So we've talked about phase four so far. And let's talk about the future, right? We got Black Panther Wakanda forever. And I am—I don't think I've ever been more scared for a movie than I am for this movie. I am petrified of Black Panther Wakanda forever coming out. I can't lie. I'm terrified. I'm Brian Coogler. I know I'm in good hands. I know Ryan Coogler is for the culture. I know he gets it. I know he does. But in my heart of hearts, I, I'm so I, I can't. I don't want to see a movie named Black Panther and Chadwick Boseman's nowhere near it. Like I, I, I don't want to see it. Like honestly, I'm gonna see it. I'm so scared. I believe in Shuri. I believe in all of those actors and actresses. I believe in Winston Duke. I believe in Mubaku. I love that character. I love every single character in the Black Panther movie. Uh, but man, man, that brother's gone. Like it, it, it hurts me. It, it hurts me talking about it. 
Uh, I know they're gonna bring out Namor. I got that. That's gonna be that's gonna be a dope addition to the MCU. That's gonna actually round out the real Illuminati. Uh, but man, like Chad, the brother's gone, man. Like I, I, I'm probably gonna cry like a baby in a the theater. I know I am. Right when the credits start rolling, I know they're gonna throw something up there with for Chad, and it's just gonna make. I'm gonna be in the theater. I'm gonna be bawling before the damn cre- opening credits scroll. Like they're gonna do the Marvel with all the comic books, and I know it's just gonna be a whole bunch of Chadwick Boseman stuff on there. And I'm gonna ball in that theater, and I hope I can make it through it. I hope I don't walk out, man, because it. I didn't know him personally, man, but like, dude, he was Black Panther, man. He was he was all superhero. Uh, and to move on, it's the right thing to move on with the franchise because it is for the culture. It is about em- employing black actors and actresses and giving somebody else their shot to become that hero because he wasn't that before he was. Uh, you know, maybe Letitia Wright uh, is going to be that person. Um, but, you know, it is tough. It is tough. Uh, but we got Black Panther uh, Wakanda Forever on the horizon that is coming at the end of this year we got a bunch of Disney Plus shows She-Hulk that actually looks really fun that looks like that's going to be a fun series we got Secret Invasion um, which I thought was going to be a bigger I thought that was going to be like the big phase 4 thing would would be the Secret Invasion which would have made sense Uh, but that is going to be a Marvel uh Disney Plus, uh, you know, series, you know, five, six, ten episodes or something like that, uh, where we get to see a whole bunch of scrolls infiltrate, uh, which I don't really know how I feel about that. We got the Echo series coming. I've already talked about that. We got Ironheart, which I'm really looking forward to. Riri Williams, young black girl who becomes Iron Man. You know, she makes her own Iron Suit. Armor Wars. Uh, which might actually tie into Ironheart or, you know, one might come from the other. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, Somehow uh, there's going to be an Agatha House of Harkness series. And I'm just going to tell anybody who's listened to this this podcast, I have the hugest crush on Catherine Hahn. I think she's like, I don't know why. I I can't really place it, Uh, but she's going to be awesome. Agatha, the Agatha all along thing was legit, and I wish, I just wish she would have just shown up in one part, like just a bit cameo where she just like winked at the camera or something. That would have been so dope. That I would have popped so big in the movie theater uh, if she would have just shown up for one scene in Doctor Strange, like in one of the universes. She just popped. Oh man, that would have that would have been the most epic cameo ever like everybody in the theater would have got it uh but that would have been just it would have been too dope it would have been too great um but anyways we got what if season two coming we got this marvel zombies uh spider-man the freshman year these all comic uh these are all uh, animated series and of course uh x-men 87 which really should you know 
get us prepared for the X-Men hitting the big screen. And of course, we know the Fantastic Four hitting the big screen. But what I don't like what Marvel is doing right now is acting as if John Krasinski is not going to be Mr. Fantastic. If they cast this dude as somebody else, I'm out. I don't. One, I already don't like the Fantastic Four because nobody knows how to get it right. Uh, they almost got it right with that original Fantastic Four, uh, but Ian Gruffold or whatever his name was was terrible as Mister Fantastic. Uh, of course, we had Captain America as Johnny Storm, which was a great cast. Jessica Alba was dope as, as Sue Richards, uh, and of course, you know Ben Grimm was Ben Grimm. Uh, we're not going to talk about the atrocious uh, reboot, um, but I don't want to watch it if John Krasinski's, if Jim is not Mr. Fantastic and Emily Blunt is not Sue Richards, I don't want to watch it. I don't care who else is in it. And of course, you got to get a great Dr. Doom or just not do Dr. Doom at all. Do somebody else. Do Modoc. I don't know. Anyways... Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is coming out next year. Uh, I'm excited to see that just after seeing them in, you know, Thor Love and Thunder. So Marvel's in good hands. And, of course, you know, uh, I just read that Captain America 4 found its director, Nigerian brother, Julius Ona. Um, He directed The Cloverfield Paradox, which is not a good movie, by the way. But I'm not going to hold that against him. It is Captain America, Anthony Mackie, who I really reviled uh, for a very long time. Won me over with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, you know, uh, I don't know where this story is going to go, but it, I just feel like it's going to be dope. I feel like I'm, I'm looking forward to Captain America. I'm looking forward to Anthony Mackie being a black Captain America man. Say. Say it loud, as they say. Say it loud, because that's, that's going to be a good look. That is going to be a supremely good look uh, with Anthony Mackie as, as Captain America. Uh, please don't ruin it. Don't do nothing stupid in the media before <laughs> Captain America 4 comes out. <laughs> please don't give them a reason to release it on Disney+. Plus. Please, 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 Anthony Mackie, hold it together. For the next two years before this movie gets made, do not ruin it for us. This is like this is Black Panther's big, but a black Captain America is even bigger. A black Captain America on the screen, like doing his thing and like being Captain America, not being a secondhand Captain America, really being the Captain America that we need oh man that's a big thing man like at least to me in my eyes this is a big one this is man Captain America 4 gotta blow it it gotta be better than Winter Soldier it has to be it just gotta be man but that right there is gonna wrap up this podcast we have talked about the state of Marvel I don't know what the hell they're doing I don't know what it's all gonna lead up to I don't know who the next big bad is gonna be I don't know if they're gonna do Galactus because they've been the Celestials like I don't really know I don't really care I just want them to keep bringing out good movies I loved Thor Love and Thunder I loved it Young Avengers is coming like 
They're, they're putting it all in a place. They can make it into a series. They can make it into a movie. They can make any. They can. Thunderbolts is coming. A new Avengers movie will make it eventually. Uh, but they have all the pieces in place. Let's just make it happen, Marvel. You don't have to tie everything into everything. Every single movie doesn't have to include a brand new character who's just going to, like, I don't quite get that. A lot of these characters are really obscure. They're going with these obscure-ass characters. It's time to bring it home, man. It's time to bring it back. Let's bring it, let's, let's, let's clean the slate, slim the, you know, trim the fat, as they say. And let's find let's find those characters that are gonna matter and damn it bring out the X-Men. Stop playing. Stop playing. Bring out the X-Men. Let's 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 get to it. Let's stop playing around. Let's just let's bring in the X-Men. We don't need to make one big. We don't need to make another end game. Let's just get it together. Make some good movies. They don't have to tie into each other. They all just have to be set in the same world. We don't need a crisis level event or nothing like that. Like we don't. Uh, but it would be dope if it's all leading to Civil War too. I feel like, like I'm gonna end with that. I feel like it's leading to a real Civil War too. Like Carol Danvers versus Anthony Mackie Civil War too. You know, Captain America versus Captain Marvel. It, it happened in it happened in the the comics or Spider-Man versus Captain Marvel or something somebody versus somebody and you got to pick sides but it's a real movie not that not with not with a you know Captain America Civil War was a real civil war like a big one like a, a big one like where it's just a bunch of heroes fighting a bunch of heroes in a big way that would be dope I feel like that might be the way they're going with these Thunderbolts and all these different superhero teams and it's just gonna be one big big ass fight and I'm here for that like that's what I'm here for Secret Invasion can kick it off where a few heroes just start getting out of line and then they find out they scrolls but still nobody else knows it or or leading up to secret wars where like it's a multiversal thing where secret wars like this huge you know once civil war type thing happens amongst the heroes and villains but come to find out it got erased by who professor x played by james mcavoy it's time for patch stewart to hang it up guy Boy, when he was walking around with that turtleneck and in in a Doctor Strange, I thought to myself, "Man, it's time for you to hang it up, old fella." You looking them shoulders looking kind of crazy, <laughs> but that is definitely going to finish it up for this episode of the podcast. You've listened to Have You Seen That with T? We just finished episode twenty-seven. I'm excited. Next week, there's absolutely nothing that I want to watch in the movie theater, so I'm going to watch some obscure shit uh, this week. I'm going to watch some obscure movies. I'm going to watch the ending of Captain uh, Miss Marvel. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to spoil the boys next week, because why not? And I'm going to watch Stranger Things. 
I haven't watched Stranger Things yet, uh, season four. I'm going to watch Stranger Things and talk about that next week. Why not? I might start watching that tonight. But thank you for being here. I really appreciate any human being who is listening to this podcast, who can hear the sound of my voice. I love doing this. This is my therapy. This is what I love to do. I love movies. And stay tuned for some more Ride Home Reviews. I'm going to start doing more of those again. Uh, Even the movie, the at-home reviews for these crazy movies that I'm watching at home. I'm about to watch the movie Men, which I've heard is out of control. Uh, So I want to watch that one and do an at-home review for that. But I keep saying I'm going to go, so I'm going to go right now. I'll catch y'all next week.